Hello and welcome to Falmouth Vineyard's audio podcast. We're really grateful that you're joining us today. Our vision is to see Cornwall coming alive through the hope and freedom that Jesus brings. To find out more about who we are or how to connect with us, visit falmouthvineyard.org. We'd love to hear from you. So today I'm going to talk about God's empowering presence and uh, we're going to be looking at John 20, 19 to 22, if you want to read it uh, with me uh, in a moment. Um, How amazing was worship? It was so good, wasn't it? And I love how the Holy Spirit just kind of knits our hearts together, begins to whisper things like what Nathan shared about uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's in the preach in a little bit. So he's already done that bit for you. Um, but isn't that amazing? It just feels like God's doing something uh, when we have that. So John 20, 19 to 22. Uh, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. So the context is Jesus has been crucified He is dead and buried, Uh, his body taken down from the cross, bloodied, scarred, wrapped in grave clothes, and laid in the tomb. And obviously, we know the story. It's easy to skip past the death bit to the resurrection, but the disciples are here, and the weight of their grief is setting in. It's been three days. Their friend, so-called Messiah, Uh, who they've given their their last three years to follow wholeheartedly, is well and truly dead. And I I, want to emphasize that point. Jesus really died. And I think it's very uh, easy just to go straight to the resurrection. But here we have disciples who are confused and hope is lost. But as we know, the Father breathes life into Jesus. After three days, he's raised from the dead And in the verses just before this passage, uh, he appears to Mary Magdalene. She doesn't recognize him until he says her name. And then she runs and tells the disciples she has seen the Lord, that he is alive, that death's defeated, the old is gone, the new has come. And yet the disciples still find themselves in disbelief and loneliness, and they're locked away for fear of Jewish persecution. So I think we can all resonate with a feeling of being locked away. Maybe not for fear of persecution, but uh, for all the reasons that we've all walked through in the last uh, 18 months. And it seems that when we get locked away, it feels like it's a bit of a breeding place for fear. Um, It keeps you hidden. It disempowers. And its voice can sound very convincing. at my university, I had a lecturer who, who it's a, you probably know it, the acronym FEAR, False Evidence Appearing Real. I think it's an acronym, is it? Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, but it does, doesn't it? Those thoughts, those fears, those anxieties, they appear very real. And that was the same for the disciples. They are afraid, locked up both physically and internally. And in this state of paralytic fear, enter Jesus. He comes to them, stands amongst them, walks through the doors of their fear and says, peace be with you. The resurrected Christ is more real than any fear or locked door. Can you imagine the disciples' faces? Jesus comes and stands, not just once, but twice. In verse 21, he says again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He shows them his side and his hands, and the disciples are glad. See, if Jesus says it once in the gospel, it's generally important. Uh, if he says it twice, we need to take notice. If he says it three times, it's very, very important. And in this chapter alone, Jesus comes to the disciples on three different occasions and says, peace be with you. He comes out of the grave and he brings peace. Ah, the peace of Jesus. How we need the peace of his presence. You know, this world is longing and looking for peace. The peace of Christ's presence. And there is nothing in this world that can satisfy like it. And uh, this peace, we know it's, it's so much more than mindfulness and meditation and yoga. So much more than financial security or a job contract. It's the peace of the resurrected Jesus bringing new creation, eternal life, the peace of a reigning king. If anything uh, this last year has revealed to me is how I need more of the peace and presence of Jesus. So the disciples move from being afraid to being glad in the presence of the Lord. What the disciples see as they look at Jesus' hands and side is the scars and wounds where God as man consumed death and all his ugly friends. You see, there's no pain, no trauma, fear, or loneliness that Christ has not consumed in his own body, nor has authority to mend, heal, and rule over. This is the peace of Jesus. The disciples see the Lord, and they are glad. Before he turned up, that fear was all-consuming. In his presence, it becomes very small. Are you seeing the Lord today? Are you looking at him daily? Is his peace uh, your compass? And so from here, Jesus then tells the disciples, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. This is John's version of the Great, great Commission in Matthew. Um, and I find it absolutely hilarious that in the moment of great fear and panic, they're, just, they're locked up. Jesus says, I'm going to send you. And it's kind of classic God, God's sense of humor. When we say something, he often says the opposite. How often do we define ourselves with an identity? I can't do that. Or that's not my personality. I could never preach. I could never tell someone about Jesus. I could never go after that dream. And God comes and says the exact opposite. He renames and redefines our weakness according to his mission. And so in this, we receive his peace, but we're also called to be a missional people, 
So the peace that Jesus gives us, we don't just take for ourselves. We are sent into the world uh, to give it away. And so how do we do that? Well, we do it from God's empowering presence. Deep rest and ease in the reign and rule of the resurrected carpenter. There's an amazing book I'm reading at the moment by Dane Ortland uh, called Deeper. And um, he talks about Jesus' reign. And I just wanted to read a little bit about it because he says it better than I do. So, Jesus is not hoping to be in charge. He is in charge now. He rules supremely now. The world's sidelining of his authority does nothing to reflect the reality of that authority. From heaven's perspective, everything is going according to plan. Jesus Christ is overseeing all that happens, both in the church and in world history at large. Our perception of and ability to see his rule may wax and wane. But that's perception only. His actual rule holds steady, supreme, strong, exhaustive, all-seeing. No drug deal goes down apart from his awareness. No political scandal unfolds beyond the reach of his vision. No injustice can be exacted behind his back. When today's world leaders gather together, they themselves are held in the hand of a risen Galilean carpenter. Isn't that amazing? And why am I showing this? Because I think that we can take heart today. I think that we can almost take a breath of fresh air and remind ourselves that Jesus reigns and rules. He comes to the disciples in peace. He comes to us in peace. And he sends us into the world to carry his peace. So where are you locked up today? Uh, we may be out of lockdown, but um, perhaps the effects of lockdown have kept you locked up. I know that's certainly true for me. Struggled with depression, anxiety, and you name it, probably had it uh, during, during that lockdown. And, uh, so, but, and you don't just, just because lockdowns end, it doesn't necessarily mean all those things disappear. So where are you locked up, dot, dot, dot? Maybe it's not the Jews, maybe it's fear of the future, fear of um, being seen, fear of being vulnerable, fear of going after the dreams that are even in your heart. Or what doors stand locked before you today? Jesus wants to walk through them and, uh, yeah, bring his breakthrough. So section two. Verse 22, Jesus stands in the middle of the fear, speaks peace, and then he does something beautiful. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And like Nathan already shared, it is very much what C.S. Lewis is capturing in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when uh, Aslan goes and breathes upon the, the Narnian statues, animals that have been turned to statues by the, by the witch. And in that moment, Susan and Lucy, they don't understand what he's doing until they see this ripple of gold uh, appear on the first statue, a lion, and suddenly it's transformed into this real lion. And that's very much what life in the Holy Spirit feels like. It's a move, that, that, that statue of a lion, it was still a lion, but until Aslan breathed on it, it wasn't alive. 
So, when Jesus breathes on us, we become all that we were created to be. We become fully alive uh, in his presence. And why does Jesus breathe on them? Because his breath is life. This word, um, breath, is the same verb that's used in Genesis 2, verse 7, when God breathes life into Adam. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. You know, we know, don't we, in order to live, we have to breathe in oxygen. We have to inhale. We have to receive and I love the imagery of Jesus breathing on the disciples here. There's this beautiful transaction, a kind of dance between Jesus and the disciples. Jesus breathes on the disciples. He breathes out. The disciples breathe in. Jesus gives. They receive. Jesus exhales. The disciples inhale. And this is not just simply the breath of life on creation. It's the breath of new creation, of resurrection life. The promise of the renewal of all things and life in its fullness. The down payment for what is to come. What is eternal. The reign and rule of Christ over death, pain. Receive the Holy Spirit. See, a life in God's empowering presence begins with receiving. Not striving, not trying harder, not serving more, not being more religious or intense, but receiving the life of God. Inhale. Strikes me when I kind of look out into the world and social media, there is a lot of striving, there's a lot of intensity, there's a lot of panic. And wouldn't it be amazing if the church was known in this season, if the church's kind of strategy for evangelism was just to know what it looks like to be still, to receive, to breathe, and to be a non-anxious presence. You know, we don't need better strategy or design or cooler youth groups. We just need more of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think that's what the world is longing for and what the world is looking for. And so really, to conclude, I just want to um, kind of expand on a few traits of what the Holy Spirit does, who he is, and maybe ask some self-reflective questions um, for us to, to think upon. And uh, so the Holy Spirit comes, he heals a broken and contrite heart God will not despise, a smoldering wick he will not snub out. Um, the Holy Spirit comes to heal sickness. Are you physically suffering? The Lord heals. Uh, the first healing I ever saw was a lad who wasn't a Christian, who was 16 years old, and he wanted to get prayer for a joke. And um, he, got, he got healed of, of a cold. And uh, you think, well, it's just a cold. But actually, in that moment, it's, it's God, isn't it, putting his hand on that, on that guy. And uh, so no, no ailment is too small nor big. The Holy Spirit comes to heal sickness. The Holy Spirit also comes to relieve suffering and bring comfort. Uh, blessed are those who grieve, for they shall receive comfort. The Holy Spirit is not also named the comforter. You see, if you're grieving this morning, 
uh, there's an invitation to come and receive the comfort of the Spirit. He brings wisdom in these kind of times of uncertainty. Are you needing to make decision? Are you stuck in indecision? Uh, the Spirit of God can bring wisdom in a moment. And the Holy Spirit, like we've already said, brings peace. You know, in this anxious world, Jesus wants us to carry peace. And also the Holy Spirit comes to equip his people for acts of service. Perhaps you're here and you're just hungry. And actually, I want more of God. I want more of his presence. I want to serve him more. Uh, The Holy Spirit comes to equip you in that. There's an amazing thing that is, you can track throughout every encounter that happens through the Spirit in the New Testament is that these timid people suddenly have the gift of boldness. And it's not man-made, it's this uh, spiritual transformation that happens. So ultimately, the Spirit of God comes to transform. No situation is untouchable uh, for Jesus. No place in our hearts too dark for him to shine his light. No relationship too damaged that he can't reconcile. And so I really just want to end with a couple of questions. The first is, how hungry are you? How hungry are you for more of his spirit? Um, This is not a competition. It's not like, I'm more hungry than you. Um, It's just time to be honest with the Lord. Uh, Maybe you're kind of standing on the shore and all of this feels really new. And the Lord's invitation today is to dip your feet in the water. Maybe you're kind of waist deep, and actually you just want to dive a little bit. Is We're all needy. We're all broken. Some of us are better at hiding our needs than others, but you're still just as needy. Um, and the invitation of the Lord is come and receive. Who wouldn't want his peace? Who wouldn't want more of him? And uh, so wherever you're at today, I think I just want to invite you to take a step, just that next step to say, Lord, I need you. Uh, Whether it's from a place of kind of abundance and hunger and joy, or whether it's a place of brokenness and discouragement and disappointment. Jesus comes, he walks through all the walls, and he speaks peace. Will you receive him?